Hi, I'm Lizzie and welcome to the PRSB podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to Anne Slee, Associate CCIO at NHS England, and Dr Afzal Chowdhury, CCIO from Cambridge University NHS Foundation Trust. We're going to be discussing our new medications guidance, which has been developed to ensure safer, secure transfer of information about medications and will help to reduce errors. Anne, why do you think this guidance was needed? We currently have not had a complete standard to allow us to move information around an individual patient's prescription across the NHS. We had a standard for medicines, but not the rest of the prescription. And because general practice and hospitals prescribe in quite different ways, the ability to describe that standard has been challenging over the years. In fact, over the last 10 years, we've not managed to do it. So it is something we've had to sort out and working across the clinical professions we clearly needed to ensure that what we've defined was appropriate bought into and understood across the clinical preserve and that's where the work of the PRSB has been incredibly helpful it's ensured that we've engaged with all the various professions who need to understand the process, the practice and the implications of the standard and make sure that the definitions we've got are right and will support practice moving forward. What do you think the key benefits will be? This will allow us to move information around the whole of the NHS in a way which is completely legible and can be interpreted and understood by any system that is being used within the NHS. It also means that not just the legibility, but it means that we'll be able to access information at any point during a patient's journey, meaning we stop relying on paper and moving paper around, which of course can be lost. There are often delays with it. This will allow healthcare professionals, social care, people with legitimate access to patients' medication information to have access to the complete information around an individual's treatment so that they can make informed decisions and patients themselves are not constantly having to repeat information. Additionally, um, because of all of that complex movement of information, we make mistakes. And we know as patients particularly move between different care settings, many of the prescriptions and the information that's provided contains errors. And this will address some of those challenges that we have so that we reduce the incidence of medication-related error. We reduce the burden on patients. And more importantly, we provide opportunities to ensure that we can have complete information at the point of care. Thanks, Anne. So what needs to happen next? We need to work with system vendors who will need to change some of the way their systems work, particularly under the bonnet, so that they're using the standards to describe medicines and and all the associated instructions. But more importantly, we also need to work with the clinical professions to understand how best this can be integrated into a workflow that allows them to use the information in a way that they may not have been able to do in the past. We can't just duplicate paper processes, that will be inefficient. So we need to think best about how we develop systems to use this in ways that both enhance, but more importantly improve the way we currently deliver care. And that will not be an easy or quick process. We've started some work with a number of the system 
providers to explore how they can integrate this work uh, into the various uh, systems that they provide the, to the NHS. We have some work underway with Cambridge, uh, which uh, already they can uh, create a message that would go out into primary care or to another hospital on discharge so a patient's complete medicine prescription can be transferred safely. Uh, we also have some conversations underway uh, where we're looking at transferring information between electronic prescribing in hospitals to stock control systems so we can enhance and make that process more efficient. So as those conversations progress we will have a better idea of timelines but the first iterations of this are likely to be available sometime in the next 12 months or so. Looking to the future how do you think this is going to help us manage medications more efficiently and safely? It offers a lot of opportunities um, so whilst we talk about this making information available at the point of care we talk about moving information around the system the standard offers all sorts of other opportunities. It means that because we have a consistent description, we'll be able to provide much more innovative support for patients to remind them potentially to take their medicine, um, to actually provide information about medicines in other ways. So it really opens up Pandora's box in, in terms of different ideas and different ways of working in ways that we've just not been able to think about in the past. I'm with Dr Afzal Chowdhury from Cambridge University Hospitals Trust. Hi Afzal. Hello Lizzie. When someone comes into hospital, how would it help you to have the right medications information at hand? There are a number of principles that underline the delivery of high quality care, including things like safety, timeliness, efficiency. And you can see with the medication standard and the ability to send messages back and forth, whether that's between secondary care or between secondary care and primary care, that having access to timely information is going to help the clinician at every point in terms of providing high quality care for that patient. We not infrequently see patients, particularly in the middle of the night, particularly if they're elderly, arriving unwell without any real knowledge of their medication. Sometimes they'll have a bag of tablets with them, but you don't really know exactly which ones they're taking. Very occasionally they'll have a prescription with them, but again, you don't really know what they're taking. And we see that in those circumstances, without really understanding the baseline medication, it's not impossible that a doctor aiming to increase somebody's medication will actually end up under-prescribing and giving the patient less than what they were actually taking at home. And whilst we wait for the night to pass and the next day when somebody can contact the GP to establish exactly what the patient was taking, you can have a period of hours in hospital where the patient's actually in effect being undertreated. Other examples are where we see it with patients on antibiotics in the community. When they come into hospital and those antibiotics perhaps haven't worked as well as they might have done and you want to give them stronger antibiotics, sometimes there's a range of antibiotics to choose from and you want to pick the right type of antibiotic and the right strength. We could simply just give everybody the strongest possible antibiotic when they arrive, but that continues to cause problems with antibiotic resistance and so we don't want to do that. I think Anne mentioned um, that it's also very frustrating for patients um, to have to repeat their story over and over again. Um, but can this also impact safety as well as being annoying and frustrating for patients? Absolutely so. There are some patients, 
again, elderly patients, sometimes acutely sick and confused, those with dementia, those with learning difficulties, those with communication difficulties, those with mental health disorders, who, all of whom will find it difficult to repeatedly provide accurate and coherent information to their clinicians and even just for the rest of us who are otherwise well actually just constantly repeating the same information will lead to errors will lead to mistakes there is a piece also around being clear about what the patient is actually taking uh, sometimes what the hospital thinks the patient is taking what the GP thinks the patient is taking what the patient is actually taking are not quite the same things and having a clear and accurate record that is consistent wherever the patient is will be really effective in, in helping keep them safe for the future in terms of actually implementing this guidance, um, what are your plans for that? In the first instance, we've been working to develop the uh, technology standard required to send this information back and forth in a safe way. And we're now sharing our work and our experience and working with other suppliers who have also done that so that we can start testing with in effect dummy messages so technically correct messages but containing fake data and that allows us to be sure that when we put something in the the dosage field it ends up in the dosage field when it's received at the other end and similarly about the frequency field and so on and once both suppliers um, and the hospitals involved have confidence that we have a technically secure way and safe way of sending messages then we will be in a position to start testing it with real patient data in a more limited way again to be sure that it is meaningful when it's sent and it's meaningful when it's arrived. And what sort of timelines are you estimating for this? The work to do the technical testing I'm hoping will complete over the next two to three months at the absolute latest. The technical teams at both ends are currently underway, uh, literally having calls last week and the week before about uh, progressing this. Patient level testing I think will then hopefully occur towards the sort of last three months of this year in 2019, I would hope that if we can show that this works between hospitals, that we would have this live and working from the early part of 2020 onwards. We know that the primary care system suppliers are also working on the functionality in the same way. Some of them have made excellent progress. And in a similar vein, in the way in which we've been testing this with um, another hospital supplier, we would like to work with some of the primary care suppliers to start testing them with them as well. And again, that would be the same principle of do the technical level testing to begin with and then some real patient-related testing subsequently. PRSB has also developed a number of other standards that are um, looking to support better information sharing between pharmacies and other services in health and care. Why do you think these are so important? I already mentioned earlier that sometimes there's an inconsistency between what the clinical professionals think a patient is taking and what the patient themselves is actually taking. And sometimes the best judge of exactly what a patient is taking uh, is the community pharmacist, not only because the patient may be taking prescribed medication, but the community pharmacist may also know of other over-the-counter medications that the patient is taking that may be relevant. 
There are information standards around the sending of messages to community pharmacists. There's information standards around the discharge summaries, whether from the emergency department or inpatients. And all of those play together to form a safe and secure way of exchanging information at a point of discharge from the hospital to, to the community pharmacists. And we know that there is data now available that shows if you can improve that communication between the hospital and the pharmacist and the pharmacist can then support the patient in taking the correct information that you have a lower rate of readmission to hospital and a greater degree of patient success in the community by taking the correct medication at the correct time. Yeah, I think it also impacts medication waste as well. Um, there's a reduction in medications waste as a result. Absolutely. So at all levels, the the standardised way of managing medication in hospitals can lead to a huge reduction in terms of waste and in a similar way the standardised way of using medication in the community can lead to a reduction in waste. We know that hospitals for example don't wish to run out of medication nor do pharmacy suppliers in the community and so they will always tend to overstock because it's better to have too much than not enough. But actually, a greater understanding in a local health economy of which medicines are being used, how frequently and, and uh, how often they're repeated and so on, will lead to, I think, a much more uh, careful management of medications and a much more move towards a sort of just-in-time supply so that they still don't run out, but we don't have to have hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of pounds of medication wrapped up in storage needed just in case. I think as well it's part of the wider sort of plan to integrate different healthcare services or health and care services and do you think that, that this will support that? We know that transition of care from one healthcare provider of whatever sort to another is the point at which the greatest number of errors occur and that sometimes leads to people if you like, continuing to care for a patient for a day or two longer whilst they get confidence that that transition of care can occur safely. The more quickly and safely we can send uh, medication information in this case, the better. And that will mean that actually that will give different healthcare providers greater confidence in taking on the care of a patient, perhaps at an earlier stage than they might otherwise have done. So you might see, for example, uh, primary care cooperatives that are forming to form large practices working with their local hospital to take a patient from the hospital perhaps a day earlier than planned in order to help free up the flow of patients through the hospital um, and reduce the delays to discharge.